Thank you for listening to The New Norm. I'm Frank Caramano. So this episode is a real episode. Um, The draft is next week. I'm recording this Thursday, April 16th. The draft is Thursday, April 23rd. So next week what I'm going to do is I'm going to come on after the first round, the second round, and third round, fourth round, whatever. What is it? The first round and the second round and third round are Friday, and then the rest of the draft is Saturday. So I'm going to come on each day after and... um, Go over who we um end up selecting. Chances are, um, maybe in round one we'll pick a twenty-one. Who knows? But I'm almost positive we're not going to pick at fifty-three, one hundred three, and all those others. There will be trades. There will be trades up, trade down. Who knows? But speaking of trades, I did want to address the trade rumor that started yesterday. The one for Odell Beckham. What was it that they were going to give up? A Minnesota was going to trade a second-round pick and a fifth-round pick for Odell Beckham. Um, obviously, that's not happening. But let's just say, for instance, that was viable. Um, the question was, would the Eagles get in on it? And I know Beckham is a little bit of a loose cannon, and he could be a psycho. But for a second and a fifth-round pick, I would do that trade 10 times out of 10, and I wouldn't even think for one solitary second about it. Um Odell Beckham is a young player. I know he's got a little bit bigger contract, and that would be the only issue that caused me not to do it. But if you're getting a guy like that in the second round, who cares about the fifth round pick? If you're getting him for a second round pick, yes, 10 out of 10. Now, is it happening? No. Are the Eagles trading for Odell Beckham? No. Because if they were trading for Odell Beckham, they probably would have traded for DeAndre Hopkins. So let's move forward here. Um, what I'm going to do is I'm going to give you my prediction for who the Eagles pick in the first and the second round. After that, please, I, I love mock drafts because they're so stupid. Because there's just no way of knowing who's going to be available. Um, are they going to pick in these spots? Like, it, I get the idea that you're given ideas of maybe who might be around when these picks happen. But listen... All it takes is one team to like somebody. I remember three years ago, the Eagles really liked Christian McCaffrey. They were going to pick him at 14. This was the year after we won the Super Bowl. And guess what happened? Uh, The Panthers really liked Christian McCaffrey, and he went in the top 10. Nobody envisioned a scenario he was going in the top 10. All I kept hearing was, he might get in the first round. Um, If the Eagles pick him, it's even a stretch, blah, blah, blah. Listen, it just takes one. It takes one team. So when you hear these mock drafts, trust me, it's not like Howie Roseman's calling, you know, draft insider Todd McShay and telling him, hey, Todd, if we have the 21st pick and this guy, this guy, and this guy are available, this is who we're going to take. No, they look at depth charts, they guess. I guess they do analysis, but these draft boards that you see out there, remember, they're fraudulent because they're not coming from NFL insiders. They might be coming from former executives, former GMs, guys with input, but It's not the guys in the NFL right now, and that's all that matters. And remember, it just takes one. If, let's say, the Jaguars like Denzel Mims more than they like CeeDee Lamb and they pick him, well, guess what? Denzel Mims went higher than CeeDee Lamb, and who foresaw that? Well, you didn't foresee it. You know why? Because you didn't know that that team had that player rated higher than this player. Um, So what I'll do here is, I mean, again, you'll have an idea of who may be available. I'll give you insight on a lot of the players here because I think in the first round, it's clear and evident 
the Eagles are targeting a wide receiver. So let, let's just look over the wide receivers right now. Let's get an idea of exactly who potentially might be the Eagles, you know, first round pick if they do trade up. These are the guys, there's three guys they can get if they trade up. It's Ruggs, it's Judy, and it's Lamb. And I know the report came out this week that Howie Roseman is infatuated with C.D. Lamb. Whatever. I take that with a grain of salt. I don't know how much I buy it because if you asked me, my of those three, C.D. Lamb ranks third. I'm torn between Jerry Judy and Henry Ruggs. I... I look at Judy, and Judy to me is, he's a great route runner. Um, it's not even close that he's the best route runner of the three. He's probably the most complete receiver. Um, I know 70% of his catches this season came in the slot, which is concerning because the Eagles are looking to draft an X receiver. Now, what does that mean, an X receiver? An X receiver is the primary outside wide receiver on the side opposite of, for instance, where the tight end would line up. So the weak side of the formation. That's a position occupied by Alshon Jeffrey. Um, so the Z receiver is the outside uh, receiver, the side of the tight end. So the weak side formation. And again, that's going to be Deshaun Jackson for the Eagles this year. And then obviously you know what a slot receiver is. So Judy catching 70% of his catches out of the slot, that's just Alabama's offense. But to me, it is a little bit if you're going to have one red flag, it's probably that, but it doesn't mean he can't play outside. He obviously could play outside. He's an unbelievable route runner, very similar in that to Antonio Brown. But And here's another thing. What, what people aren't talking about is these three guys, they're all similar in size. Like Ruggs is probably the smallest because he weighs less. I guess he's like maybe 10 to 15 pounds less than these two guys, but they're all 6'1". Um, CeeDee Lamb obviously has probably the best hands of the three. Uh, I consider him, though, to be a poorer version of Jerry Judy. Um, he's just not as smooth. Um, and he could play outside, obviously. And 42% of his catches this season came from the slot. So, I mean, again, that's just Oklahoma's offense. That's where they moved him. Now, here's my thing, too, with that. And, and again, it's wide receiver, but I at least know that Judy and Ruggs, I believe, played against better competition in regards to defenses in the SEC than versus what CeeDee Lamb played against in the Big 12. Um, now, Ruggs. Ruggs is the best athlete of the three. Um, he's very underrated route runner, and that comes from this. So, like, let's just say what you'll see on highlights, like, and I've watched a bunch of YouTube, and um, <clears throat> you can learn some stuff there, and obviously it's great and all, but it's just highlight packages. What I was doing is when I was watching Judy's highlight packages, I would identify where Ruggs is, and I wanted to see the routes he was running because one thing you don't know is maybe Judy's running a great route, and he gets open, and the ball goes to him, but maybe Ruggs ran a great route, and he also got open, but the ball didn't go to him, and I saw that a lot. Ruggs is a very underrated route runner. I think he's the best athlete of a three. It ain't close. He's clearly the fastest of the three. Um, if you said to me, of these three, who can I have? I, I am torn between Judy and Ruggs. I think Judy is... I think he's a more sure thing. But 
I think Ruggs is a sure thing too. I mean, I guess the boom bust maybe meter if you had that up there. I guess Judy would rank more of a boom versus Ruggs, but I think Henry Ruggs is going to be really good. I think if you get him in the right offense, he's developed properly. I think Henry Ruggs can be a stud. I would trade up for Henry Ruggs, and to be honest with you, I think the trade up value is going to be cheaper to get Ruggs because a lot of teams they value Jerry Judy over Henry Ruggs and CeeDee Lamb, and you can't blame them because they're not wrong. I mean, Judy is the best overall receiver in the draft. Um, But if I was the Eagles, let's say Henry Ruggs is available at 14, 15. Now I'm moving. I mean, I would move up into the top 10 if if it took to get him. Anything like, I mean, you're not going to move in the top five, but if you said to me the trade was, let's say the Jaguars call the Eagles, they're picking nine, and... They say, you know, the Eagles are going to give them their first round pick, um, our second round pick, and maybe a third round pick next year. Um, I know the Eagles wouldn't want to do that because the draft capital we have this year, we, we finally have picks and Howie doesn't want to give them away. But I mean, if you're getting the guy that you identify as the best player at the position, do it. Don't think twice. Do you think the Falcons sit back and go, man... What did we give up for Julio Jones? No. It's the, they could care less. Do you think the Chiefs sit there and go, what did we give up when we traded for Patrick Mahomes? They don't care. If you get the player and the player is what you think the player is going to be, you win. But let's just say the Eagles don't do this and they sit at 21. So now it becomes the second tier guys, right? You're going to have the second tier guys... Um, that are going to be most likely available to you. And let's start with the number one guy everybody's got in the second tier, which is Justin Jefferson. And, you know, he had 111 catches, 18 touchdowns. Um, but here's the thing with Jefferson. He also, by the way, 6'1". He's got longer arms. He's not as fast. And I know his 40 was, what, four four three or something like that, which was great. But he doesn't play to that speed, you hear? I mean, whatever. It, the thing with Jefferson is he was primarily a slot receiver this year, which is not what Philadelphia is looking to draft. Now, is he the most sure thing of the second tier of receivers? Absolutely, because he he's a plug and play guy. He could play right now. He's a very smart football player. Um, that boom bust meter, the bust meter is almost invisible for him because he catches the ball, he runs good routes. If he plays in the slot, he's going to be very good because he, he excelled at it this year. He played outside in 2018 didn't put up the numbers. But again, Joe Burrow also was unbelievable this year. So who knows if he had Joe Burrow of 2019 when he was playing outside in 2018. Yeah, sure, his numbers may have been a lot better and maybe he could have showed he could have played at the position. Um, but again, um, if Justin Jefferson's there at 21, do I see the Eagles taking him? I mean, you keep hearing that that's the guy. I don't know. I, I I don't know. I don't I don't know if that is the guy the Eagles will take. I'll tell you who I think they're gonna take when we get to him, but if he's there for me, I, I'm not. You, you can't complain about catching or getting a guy who was the best receiver on a team that's arguably one of the greatest co- uh, college football teams of all time, and arguably one of the best offenses in college football history and getting their top receiver who played lights out in the biggest game, on the biggest stage. Um, Trust me, you could do a lot worse than getting a guy like Justin Jefferson. Now, speaking of that game, 
Let's go to the receiver on the other side, T. Higgins. I remember T. Higgins, right? Remember when he came out? It was like, or going into this year, T. Higgins was like the guy, right? Here's a report on T. Higgins. Um, he's really good at con- uh, contested catches. He always wins with his hands and body control. He is a version of Alshon Jeffrey, except he's probably a little faster at this point, obviously. Um, he could definitely be an X receiver, which is, you know, the primary receiver on the weak side. Um, probably has to put on some weight. He's um, 6'3", 216, which, you know, that's lanky. If you're going to be an outside X with, you know, who doesn't have great speed, then you got to have a great uh, big body. Like, Jeffrey's a big dude. And that's how he creates a separation because he's able to use his great catch radius to his advantage. And that's something that T. Higgins has. Um, I don't know. It's The thing with him is it's just he just doesn't run well. And it's concerning. And it's weird to me that he's fallen so far. Like, I, I'm not even hearing him really in the first round anymore. Um, going into the year, if you told me the Eagles were going to get T. Higgins, I would have been like, man, we must have had a bad season. They're, they're picking in the top 10 because you thought coming into this draft that he was probably the guy. And remember, Clemson is a wide receiver factory. You know, DeAndre Hopkins, Sammy Watkins, you know, that guy after guy coming out of that school that, that, that ended up being pretty good players. So, um if the Eagles are set, I don't, they're not picking T Higgins. I don't think at 21, I think if they're going to pick T Higgins, it's going to be, if they trade down, let's say they trade down with new England or, or San Francisco, then yeah, obviously he becomes more of a factor. I think if they're picking in the thirties, but not in the twenties, then you go to Jalen Rager. Jalen Rager is, you know, he's the apple of a lot of people's eye here. He's not six foot though. He's only five ten. He is big for his size, though. He's 206 pounds. I know he put on weight for the combine, so he ran a little slower. I think it was like 4.47. He plays faster than that speed. Um, he's got great body control. He's really good in open space. The thing is, though, how good of a route runner he is. And the thing that concerns me with um, Jalen Rager is his school, like the last big-time receiver that came out of, what was it, TCU? Um, remember a guy by the name of Josh Doxson? He was a first-round pick with the Redskins. Yeah, that didn't really pan out. So, I mean, I know that doesn't mean every wide receiver from TCU is going to be a bust. But, again, it's just their offense. He didn't have to really run routes. It was just more of a just go, go, go thing. It, it wasn't built on the receiver beating the corner. Um. So, to me, Jalen Rager, I, I wouldn't, obviously, I wouldn't pick him at 21. Now, if you trade back into the second round and it's like in the mid-30s, yeah, then maybe you could take a shot because, I mean, he's going to need development. And here's the thing, too. He's going to need development in an offseason where you're not going to be able to have the development that you usually have. You can't have OTAs. It's going to be all virtual and everything. And, And I know people are like, oh, well, it's one year. Well, if you're a great player in the NFL, that's 10 years, right? So you're giving up essentially 10% of this guy's career. Um. I, I know people think like, you know, hey, it's a rookie, you got to let him pass, and I'm sure that's cool, but eventually the Eagles need a rookie who's just going to come in and light it up. I mean, they had Sanders last year in the second half of the season, and that was the reason we probably made the playoffs. But I mean, it would help to get a wide receiver that can do that, right? They haven't had that in forever, forever. Now, you want my guy who I would pick and who is my predicted pick for the Eagles at 21? It's going to be Denzel Mims. So Mims is... um from Baylor. Uh, interesting thing what Mims was. Everybody thought he has these bad hands and his catch percentage is, is just really low. 
And then it comes out that, well, his catch percentage in 2018 was so low because he was playing with a broken hand. And he actually had a much, I think he went from an 11% drop rate in 2018 to a 4% last year. So clearly his hands were better. He's 6'2". He's 207 pounds. Um, he is a fifth-year senior, so that his age is a little bit of a factor. But um, I, I think Mims is, if you said to me of the second-tier guys, I'd rank him number one. I had him initially as, I remember back in February, I was on the Mims train, and then, you know, you hear the things, you, you, you're like, all right, maybe they should go Justin Jefferson, you know, maybe Brandon Ayak, maybe Jalen Rager, um, T. Hag, like, you know what I mean, you hear all the names, but I've come back on the Mims. I think Baylor has a history of, you know, good receivers too, I mean, you have Josh Gordon, remember him, uh, I would be a guy who would say, uh, Denzel Mims would probably be my predicted pick here at 21, and that's who I am going to say if they stay at 21. They might be even able to go back. Now, I don't think for this guy you can go back much further. Um, I could actually see some team in the top 15 taking Denzel Mims. I really could, especially if there's a run on receivers where Judy goes and then, you know, Lamb and Ruggs, and Ruggs go, and then all of a sudden it's like Justin Jefferson and Denzel Mims. If you're Oakland and you got a guy like Hunter Renfro already in the slot, they need a primary outside receiver, boom, Denzel Mims. Then um, we could talk about guys, maybe for even potentially for second round picks, you know, like at 53. I don't see Brandon Ayak making there. I think he's actually been rising up. Um, thing is, he's a get the ball in space type receiver. He's got tons of room to develop. Um, I, I know a lot of people like Brandon Ayak, and, and, and I don't blame him. I mean, he's 5'11, 205, you know, so so speed. Uh, He's not really an X. A lot of people see him as a Z receiver, which is, you know, the primary outside receiver, but it's on the weak side of the formation or a slot. Um, not my cup of tea. Then you have the most interesting guy, I think, in this draft, and that's KJ Hamler. So Hamler is 5'9". That's smaller than Deshaun. His weight was like 178, which is smaller than Deshaun. I know he keeps being called Deshaun Jackson. He is not Deshaun Jackson. Um, he's a high drop rate. A lot of his drops, though, are like on short or intermediate passes, which is weird. Um, he does have great lateral quickness. Um, the thing was, like, so if you watch tape on him, he was really good running out of the slot. And that's because when you're a slot receiver, generally you don't have any press coverage on you because... That's just not how the defenses are, you know, are built. They're not constructed to have, you know, press, man press on a slot receiver. But on the outside, when he had to deal with that, he struggled a little bit. And again, it's because of his size, probably. He's not the biggest guy. Like Deshaun is very good and very shifty. So he was able to beat a lot of press coverages. That's why he's able to play outside. Hamler is not Deshaun Jackson. But if you have a guy like Hamler in the slot, he's got explosive speed. He is incredibly fast. So getting him in the slot, absolutely he's a weapon. If the Eagles get him in round two, it is more than a steal. And yes, if they do pick Denzel Mims in round one and KJ Hamler sitting there at 53 in round two, 1.1 million percent I would take him. It wouldn't even be a debate. Remember, free agency was used to build the defense. This draft is being used to build the offense. You cannot be afraid of it. Now, I do want to talk about another receiver. I have a couple guys here that I think are like kind of under the radar guys. And th this guy maybe not so much, but I like LaViscus Chenault from Colorado. The only problem is he has an injury history. Now, 
a lot of people say he was had a down year last year. Colorado stinks. So, I mean, I, I don't know what, what we're talking about, but a lot of comparisons to Terrell Owens. And I know a lot of scouts that said if he wasn't injury prone, and I know, like, that's a concern for the Eagles because we have so many injuries, but he is like a mini T.O., and he would have absolutely been a first-round pick, probably one of the top four guys selected in this draft. Problem is, gets hurt, and it is concerning. So you have to weigh the risk with the reward. Um, another guy is, and this is a guy uh, I was listening to um, Inside the Birds, and you know Greg Cosell was high on Michael Pittman, and I'm a USC guy. Michael Pittman is huge. He's 6'4". Um, he does catch everything. Uh, I mean, that's another thing with the Eagles. It's like, we had just, you know, the Nelson Aguilar story. I know it's it's one great year, four horrible years. The USC thing, you know what I mean? Do you bring another USC guy in? And again, trust me, if Howie Roseman's sitting there going, I wonder what the fans are going to think of this pick, then he shouldn't be the GM, clearly, right? I mean, I get it that, you know, you want to make the fans happy, and I hope he has a draft that makes everybody happy, and we're all thrilled. Is that going to happen? No. Are we going to be excited about every pick? No. Because, I mean, let's say the Eagles pick Denzel Mims at 21. There's going to be a bunch of people that hate it. Let's say the Eagles trade up for Henry Ruggs. There's going to be a bunch of people that hate it. Nobody's going to be in unison on one pick. It's impossible unless they got, you know, uh, Joe Burrow, right? And then you, you go like, oh, we got Carson Wentz. Well, and they could trade Joe Burrow for like 40 straight first-round picks from somebody. Then, yeah, maybe the people would be happy with that. But um, I... I mean, Pittman is a guy where he's interesting because he might be there at 53. Now, if you had a feeling that Michael Pittman was going to be there at 53, what about K.J. Hamler in the first round then, right? You go, you know, screw it. We'll get the speed in the slot because he could be an absolute weapon if you have him in the slot. Is he an upgrade over Greg Ward? I love Greg Ward. Catches everything. But, I mean, K.J. Hamler is an elite athlete. He's he's unbelievably fast. Um but, I mean, if you're picking K.J. Hamler at 21, I mean, it's a huge risk because you're reaching on a player and you're not filling the need you need. Like, again, if they needed a slot, they would probably just pick Justin Jefferson. He's an elite slot talent. But if you pick Hamler, yeah, you get your speed, you have it in the slot, but then you still need to go get an X receiver. And, yeah, maybe Michael Pittman's there. Maybe LaVisca Chenault is there. Um, but, again, it's it's you're rolling the dice. Second round pick. Like, I know the Eagles had done their homework on Cesar Ruiz. He's the center from Michigan. I don't imagine he'll be there at 53. Let's go over some pass rushers, you know. Okay, and we'll also go over this scenario. Like, let's just say there's a run on receivers, right? And the Eagles don't pick a receiver in round one. It is possible, yes. Like, who would they then target? It would most likely be an edge rusher, right? You would think a defensive end. I would assume a guy like Gross Matos from Penn State, he'd be gone. Um, Terrell Lewis is a guy from Alabama. The problem is he has an injury history. Um, and then in the second round, if they, let's say they get a receiver, you got a guy like Aquara from and Notre Dame. Um, he's very flexible. The problem I've heard on him though, he's very weak in regards to as a, being a run defender. Um, he's not very physical, which is concerning. Um, then you look at like, yeah, and by the way, with Gross Matos, he's long and lanky and he probably fits the wide nine which is something that the Eagles, like, obviously we run a wide nine. So I could see that being somebody that they probably do have higher because I could see Jim Schwartz being in love with the, the size of the player. Um, 
and another guy is uh that they could see tons of talent in, maybe a tons of potential. Like a coach's dream would be getting a uh, Zaniga from uh, Florida. I mean, I I think they're targeting maybe getting a defensive end. I don't think it's like a priority to them because they have a bunch of average guys already there. They're kind of filled up at the position. Um, I don't envision defense being their first round pick only because, like I said, their plans to fix the fix the offense in the draft. Um, but again, if, if the draft board falls that way, trust me, they're, they're not going to just pick a wide receiver because they need to pick a wide receiver. So what would be the other option? Well, then you have cornerback, right? Okuda and Henderson are going to be gone. Um, what about after that? Then I, I think Trayvon Diggs from Alabama, only because he's a very physical press corner. Now, here's the problem with that. Press corner is not something that Jim Schwartz likes. Uh, Jalen Johnson is more suited for the defense that Jim Schwartz likes because he plays off-man. And that's what the Eagles like to play is off-man. But they're not going to be playing off-man as much this year, right? Because you would assume getting Darius Slay means you're going to adjust what you do at corner. He's a press corner. I, you can't, you don't trade for Darius Slay so you can play him off in coverage. I think a lot of what Schwartz did too was with the corners was because he was worried about the talent of the players. Um Listen, in the NFL, you got to play press. you got to jam these guys. The league is so timing-oriented now. D- letting receivers run free is just a disaster. That's why we give up so many 50-yard passes. It's because we let uh, the opposing wide receivers just run off the line. I just told you about Hamler. Hamler is an unbelievable talent when he gets free uh, free run. That's why he has to play in the slot. When he plays outside and he gets touched and jammed, guess what? He's not the same type of player. I, I don't like this off man. So if you had my pick, it would be Trayvon Diggs from Alabama. I would take him. Another guy you'll hear is A.J. Terrell. He's smooth, right? He's a smooth corner. Here's my problem with him. I saw that LSU game, and I know it's just one game, but my goodness, man, he was abused in that LSU game. Joe Burrow killed him. He killed him. Justin Jefferson killed him. So I, I, I would say to you this, like, People go, well, Burrow, come on, he's an elite player. He's an unbelievable talent. How can you say that? Blah, blah, blah. You know what I say? Like, what do you think the NFL is? There's a, every team, there's a, there's 10 Joe Burrows in the NFL. What do you think, Aaron Rodgers isn't Joe Burrow? What do you think, Drew Brees, Tom Brady? NFC's got some good players over there at quarterback. Um, so I, I, a corner, I mean, a, a guy maybe in the second round, if it, like a Jeff Gladney fell down, and here's the thing with Jeff Gladney. He's smaller, right? He's a smaller corner. But Mims, I, I heard an interview with him, and he said that Gladney was the best corner he went up against this year, and it wasn't even close. So to me, like that's if he's available in the second round and you got the wide receiver you wanted in the first round, I could definitely see a guy like Jeff Gladney. Um, safeties, it's going to be a hot button uh, for the Eagles because, again, we're, we're weak at safety. Um you got the, the big options here, Xavier McKinney. I mean, he could play all over the field. He can guard slot defenders as well. It's somebody Jim Schwartz would love because it's position versatility. Um, now, McKinney plays probably more of the position Malcolm Jenkins played. Um, Grant Delpit from LSU, he's a post-safety, which is more or less not the guy who's coming up in the box. He's kind of the guy who's playing center field. More or less more what like Rodney McLeod played for the Eagles. 
and he's still with the Eagles. But again, if Grant Delpit's there in the second round, the Eagles are going to pick him. It, I don't even think that's debatable. The only problem is he's a so-so tackler, and he does the one thing I hate more than anything from anybody who plays defense, and it's not the tackling with his arms. It's that throw-the-shoulder stupid tackle, and I can't stomach watching that. It absolutely drives me insane. Um, the best guy I've ever seen do it is maybe Russell Douglas. He was pretty like good at it, especially two years ago when we needed him to play, but... Too often than not, you're playing with fire when you just fire your shoulder and hope somebody falls down. All right, so then another safety is Jeremy Chin. He's the kid from uh, Southern Illinois. He's a great athlete. He's got great size. Um, and he's not set up to be a post safety. So I would think if Jeremy Chin is even there in round two, which is very possible, that could be somebody the Eagles target. Again, it all it's all dependent on what they get in round one. I know a lot of people go, oh, you just go BPA, best player available, but... They're fixing the offense in this draft. So if they don't fix the offense in round one, you better bet your ass in round two, three, and four, they're fixing the offense. Um, but again, the last available option would be, okay, what about linebackers? Because that's the hot button too you keep hearing is the Eagles and all these mock drafts are going to pick a linebacker. Newsflash, they ain't picking a linebacker. It's not happening. There's 0.0001% chance they pick a linebacker in round one. And the only reason I even give it that much is because everything would have to go against them in this draft. Every single thing would have to go against them before they picked a linebacker. One I heard is Kenneth Murray. It's not going to be Kenneth Murray. You know why? He's more of a physical guy. He's not best suited for coverage. The Eagles play off of coverage linebackers. Um, Patrick Queen. Okay, Patrick Queen to me is a much better option because he's a great cover linebacker. Um, but again, it's a moot point to discuss. Unless these guys are there in round two, the Eagles aren't picking a linebacker in round one. It's just not happening. So going back here. So my two predictions, if the Eagles stay at 21 and 53, I'll go on record. 21 if they're there, Denzel Mims. 53. Man, if Hamler's there at 53, they'll take Hamler. Do I think he'll be there at 53? Absolutely not. His speed's too much. I'll tell you this. I could totally see T. Higgins just plummeting for some reason. I don't know why, but I just think people are just so negative on T. Higgins for some weird reason. I could see him plummeting down the board, and I absolutely would pick him at 53 because then what you can do is you could have Higgins be your X, you could have Mims be your Z, and then you could have Deshaun slide into the slot, which people would go, oh my God, Deshaun could play the slot. Trust me. He could play outside. And by the way, also, remember, the Eagles are going to run a lot of 12 personnel, which is two tight ends, because Goddard is an unbelievable um, weapon. Then you'll have freaking him and Hurts on the field. So when that does happen, Deshaun's still on the field. He goes to the outside receiver, and you could take Mims or Higgins off the field. And, and again, remember, Jeffrey's still going to come back. And now if they get... Mims and Higgins in the draft and and you have Alshon Jeffrey on the I mean he's going to be on the roster so I again who knows but if those two guys are what you get in rounds one and two I know it doesn't really identify like Higgins goes against what they need is speed but if he's there at 53 I'd be shocked if they didn't take him now let's just say at 53 uh let me think of somebody there Let, let's just say Grant Delpit falls down or or, or Chin and they take the safety, which is great. 
They could definitely take a safety, or they could take, you know, Diggs, let's say, from Alabama Falls. They're the corner. I don't envision that, but let's just say. Um, what about round three? Like, now you bring in the guys like the Tyler Johnsons from Minnesota, the Chase Claypools, um, K.J. Hill from Ohio State. I, I don't... The the kid from Liberty. What's his name? Vandy Golden or Ganty Golden, whatever his name is. Uh yeah, I could see that. But again, remember, that that's why here when you get to that spot, I'm a little bit more concerned. Like I really envision a scenario that the Eagles take wide receiver, wide receiver round one and two. Hey, the only way I don't see it is, okay, let's say Mims goes in the front, uh, front 20, which, by the way, is entirely possible. He goes in the front 20, they trade back maybe. Again, remember, to trade back, you need a team that's willing to trade up. And by the way, if, if Mims goes in the front 20, the T. Higgins scenario is definitely gone by 53 because that clearly tells you there's been a run on wide receivers. Um, let's play a prediction game here. I Do the Eagles trade up or trade down? I think there's a better chance they trade up because I think they really do want to get Carson Wentz an elite receiver. I think they've identified that that is the biggest thing this team does need. I don't care what Roseman says. He could tell you all day he likes this player, this player, whatever. Listen, they want to help Carson Wentz. The plan is to help Carson Wentz in the future. Yes, they want to do it with multiple draft picks. But if you tell me the price for Henry Ruggs is a first-round pick, and if you even have to give up a second-round pick next year or the second-round pick this year and a third-round, like, just do it. Don't think twice. Don't overthink this. I I would gladly take a scenario. Like, if you told me Mims and, and Higgins for, for Ruggs, well, sure, yeah, i do that trade. You know why? If you identify Ruggs as the guy, then go with your gut. But it's just so great that the draft is finally happening here. I'm thrilled we'll be able to finally move on with this this offseason. We'll have an idea of what the, the, the team is going to do. Now, again, this also leads into the third tier of free agents or the third wave of free agency because, remember, we don't have a running back yet. They, they only have three. So is it going to be Corey Clement? Are they going to draft somebody? I know they're interested in trying to pick a receiver. Um, backup quarterback. I heard they're interested in trying to potentially pick a developmental quarterback, which went so well for them last year. I've heard Joe Flacco's name. Um, I've heard, you know, Josh McCown's name. So again, those are two positions on offense that they're definitely going to identify. Then what about tackle? Because, you know, you have Dillard, you have Johnson, but you still need a swing tackle. And by the way, Jason Peters is still out there. Just remember that. He has not signed with a team yet. Now again, that sounds, oh man, that's terrible. Isn't Eagles signed LeGarrette Blunt the year they won the Super Bowl in May. So, I mean, I think with a guy like Peters especially because of his age, teams may want to see if, okay, we're going to try to draft a tackle. Let's just say, for instance, the Jaguars draft a tackle. And they still, you know, they're 50-50, kind of like Titus Howard was last year for the Texans. And they're not sold on him. So what they do is they, they go, you know, we'll bring Peters in for a year and he could actually help develop the player behind him, which he Definitely did for the Eagles. I mean, really, he he was a big help for guys developing on our offensive line. Look at CM Hollow. Look at Vitae. Um, he turned Vitae into a $50 million player. So trust me, Jason Peters knows how to help develop tackles. So I could definitely see or foresee a situation where a team drafts a, a tackle that they feel needs a little bit of development, especially this offseason where you're not going to really have much of an offseason, if any at all. So um, that's what I think is going to happen with Peters. So, I mean, I don't completely rule it out that he goes back to the Eagles. But uh, I think he wants to start if he signs some, and if he doesn't, maybe he would retire. But I think definitely a team will 
maybe pick a tackle that they feel needs a little bit of development. Maybe he's not ready to play, and they could sign Jason Peters for the year. Um, but that's it, really, on offense, what they're going to really need. I mean, I know the plan would be they keep looking at Cesar Ruiz because they do want to see about moving on from Jason Kelsey. Because, I mean, like every year you get, is Kelsey going to retire? Is he going to retire? And who knows? I mean, I think you're still going to get two to three more years maybe out of Kelsey, but it would be nice to have a plan B eventually here for him. Um, we've been very fortunate. He's been more or less an Iron Man the last couple of years for the Eagles, not missing any plays. But And I know they like Nate Herbig, the undrafted kid that they have on the team. And I know you have Sua Peta out there at guard, and you have Jordan Mailata, all these developmental guys, and that's great and all, but Remember, this is an offseason where we're not going to be having much development. So who knows? But again, like I said, I will be back next Thursday night, post-round one, hopefully talking about the Eagles getting Henry Ruggs, potentially talking about the Eagles drafting Justin Jefferson, or if they do pick a 21, my prediction is that they do pick Denzel Mims. Uh, maybe they trade back. Maybe they don't pick anybody. Like I said, they could trade out in round one completely. And then you get a Hamler and Higgins deal, and who knows? But, um, you know, keep your eyes open. Don't listen to all these trade rumors. Trust me, nothing's getting out. Nothing's happening. And if you really could get Odell Beckham for a 2 and a 5, I would do that yesterday. I would do that absolutely yesterday. It wouldn't even be a debate. But, um, you know, it, it, it's just so great that we're finally getting the draft. And we'll finally have an idea of what the Eagles are going to deploy on offense this season. Because right now, that is still a huge question mark because they fixed the defense. The draft is for the offense. Um, you know, I want to thank everybody for listening to the new norm. It's going to be a big week next week. Fingers crossed. We hit this thing out of the park. We get what we're doing. And again, the way this draft is set up, where they're doing this all virtually, right? So teams are picking from like their house and Goodell is doing the draft from his basement or whatever. Roseman said today that he's had his home office set up like his work office and he had it set up like this for two years. So in a draft where it's going to be more advantageous to those that are techno technologically, you know, savvy, um, it kind of does work out for the Eagles. That's kind of what Roseman is, you know, wide L that's, that, that's, this is their cup of tea. And I know people are all concerned, like, oh, man, maybe they're not going to be able to make trades because you're not talking. Trust me. If you guys think that these guys aren't going to be all in communication with each other at all times, like like Zooming, you know, telling Scout A to, or, you know, intern or not intern, assistant to call, assistant and do. Listen, the Eagles are well equipped for this. They're well prepared. They know exactly what they're doing. They know exactly who they want. They know exactly what they'll give up. They know exactly where they need to go. They have all their plans set up. Now, again, I, I, I don't know if I trust Roseman in terms of picking players, but I do know that he is going to be well-prepared to pick who he does pick. Let's just hope that he picks the right guys because he's had a very good history here of late of not doing that, hence why we're in the position we are in usually every year in terms of talent, especially at the wide receiver position. But again, draft next week, we'll discuss, fingers crossed, and... Don't read more mock drafts, especially if they have the Eagles taking a linebacker, and don't pay for them because those people are frauds. Um, I want everybody to stay safe, stay healthy, um, and as always, and most importantly, go Birds.